cliffcentral.com. This is Digital Influence with Ryan Hogarth on cliffcentral.com. And every week we're talking about the world we live in from a digital point of view, how it is changing how we do just about everything, you know, how we behave as customers, how workforces are thinking differently and want to do things in new and different ways, what we should be thinking about from a business point of view, or if you're starting a business, if you're part of a massive corporate, how should you be thinking? And then in all ways that technology and digital are is, is shaping the world around us. And I have with me in the studio uh, Steph Vermeulen. Uh, Steph, firstly, hello, welcome. Thanks for being Hi, here. Hi, Ryan, and thank you for this opportunity. I'm delighted. You are, I guess, well, you've been known as the EQ lady, uh, emotional quotient, which which became a thing, I guess, sort of into the 90s that we, we started thinking about, well, we need to be concerned about where we are emotionally and we need to be more empathetic and we can't just be driving for bucks all the time, ramming over other people and the world and all that sort of thing. But uh, in the discussions I've had with you, casual conversations, to be fair, uh, that field itself is probably a universe from where it was 20, oh, yes. 25 years ago. A long, 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 long way. Uh, the term emotional intelligence, people think it's quite a new field, and it's certainly not. The term was coined in the early 90s, and the first book was published in 1995. So it's already over 20 years old and has spread around the world like wildfire. One of the issues with emotional intelligence was it kind of, as we practitioners overstretched ourselves a little by talking about it being a master aptitude. Now it is a master aptitude because we all have to deal with other people, but it kind of then got into a competition with IQ, which was really stupid mm. and, and completely unnecessary. And so the, the, what I'm now talking about as the field is called personal intelligence, which is looking at maximizing our EQ because if we can manage our emotions, it's our emotions that cloud our thinking. So then we can free up our IQ. Now, why I say that EQ may have overstretched itself somewhat is because if you didn't have a functioning or don't have a functioning IQ and you can't develop ideas and inspire other people with those ideas, which is your IQ, if you don't have a functioning IQ, who's going to follow you? Mm. And what would be the point of, of them following you into you're going nowhere? So it really is the, the point is that we need to use all of our brain mm. and the, certainly the one in our heads <laughs> between <laughs> our ears. <laughs> And so if we're using all of our brain, then it's looking at the role of emotions and what they do. And technology has changed all of this because now mm. with MRIs and fMRIs, functional MRI scans, that they can actually see more about what the brain's doing. They haven't got all the answers yet, and it's a huge exploration. And it's a really interesting one. But now we, it appears that scientists are telling us uh, that emotions literally run the traffic between our thinking brain and our body. Okay. And they do so in terms of hormones, etc. all the hormones, your stress hormone mm. is cortisol. Now, if you're highly stressed, you can't think straight. And most people are, is the problem. And most people are unnecessarily stressed. Most people are not stressed because they are unable to do their jobs. Most people are stressed by their bosses. Mm. And most people are stressed by the, the idea or the thought or the fear that they might lose their job. And all of these fears are, are completely unnecessary. We know that the only time you're supposed to be afraid is at that moment that your life is being threatened. Yes. Now we're asking people because of this digital revolution and the, the sort of the exhilarating, I call it the exhilarating disruptive revolution. We're asking people to be creative, but yet we're still treating them in ways uh, of 
the the kind of the the old school ways of command and control and all of that mm. simply because bosses don't know how else to lead. So what I find very exciting about where the technology is taking us, I think biz- big business as we know it will die. Yes, and I think that's a very healthy thing, because I don't think big, big business gets the best. There won't, out there of won't be many tears. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. And I think to be an employee is very disempowering. And mm. what we're needing is people to be highly empowered and exhilarated by what's going on and inspired by the change that's happening. Now, all this nonsense about fearing change is really has was programmed into us from the time Alvin Toffler wrote his book Future Shock. It was nineteen seventy. Too, I think, but he made out that this, 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 where we're living right now, and even prior to this, is so scary that we all better batten down the mm. hatches and, and you know, just hope that we we survive it. It's actually the most exciting thing that has ever happened, because I'm, I'm old enough to remember sort of the I'm part of the a very tail end of the hippies, where we were very anti-authoritarian mm. and we were we were known for that, and many of my generation sold out and became as conservative as their parents mm. and kind of forgot about all of that thinking was just idealistic today that's now possible mm. and I think we're looking at forms of very healthy forms of anarchy where we have to take responsibility for ourselves we have to live autonomously as in we, we uh, take, taking full responsibility for who we are and where we're going now all sorts of things are happening because we have devices in our hands mm. and because we have devices in our hands the world is changing radically around us and they're talking about in terms of 2020 25, all sorts of things are going to change, not what we do so much as who we are. And all of those futuristic technologies that we looked at when we were, you know, watching Skyfire movies in mm. the 70s and the 80s, all of that is coming to pass. But lots of people think when you talk anarchy, you're talking about, you know, the survivalists and, mm. and everybody's going to be out for themselves with guns killing one another. In fact, the opposite is coming. That what's being talked about is instead of this competition that we have between people, that some people get to be billionaires and would never be able to spend the money that they've earned in their lifetime and many people like Bill Gates earn more than the GDP of a lot of small countries yes. and and if you even if you combine that GDP now this is just ridiculous because if some people thrive and other people are desperately poor then what kind of world have we created mm. and we know the world we've created it is violent as a result of so um, the leveling of the playing fields I think is one of the most exciting things in terms of the technological change that is coming so when people can read and they there's an X Prize which is put out by Peter Diamandis who wrote the book Abundance. Mm. The, 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 um, future is brighter than we think. And there's an X Prize they put out one SpaceX and all of that, which Elon Musk and people like that have been involved in, as we like to call him our Elon. Yes. We like to claim his <laughs> South Africanness. <laughs> and so the X Prize, the, the new X Prize is for literacy. Mm. And the idea, the, the submissions are coming in January. So it's very, it's imminent. It's, it's, it's not something that is again in the future yes. we'll start reaping the benefits of this in about 10 years time in Africa mm. now the idea with this X Prize it's 10 million dollars is actually on offer to a group or a team of people that can come up with teaching African children giving them tablets and with playing games or doing whatever they, they're doing with the software is that they will be able to then teach themselves to read mm. now in 10 years time when Africa can read and people have devices there's also huge moves 
of foot in terms of solar power because mm. Africa has so much sunshine. When you've got people who've got power, they truly are, and, and it may sound like a corny pun, but they truly are empowered. Absolutely. Because if people are buying kerosene and fossil fuels and having to collect wood, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money. So they have no, no money to develop anything else. When people are given solar power and they don't have to go and do those things, they can start saving money and then looking at other technologies to get the information that they need. Now, we're already seeing an explosion of energy coming out of this continent because the, there's such dire need mm. and the will is there. We're not seeing so, we're not going to be seeing so much innovation coming out of comfy countries like yes. America or Europe necessarily, but we'll see an explosion of energy here, much like we've seen in China. So in 10 years' time, I think we'll be looking at a very, very, very different Africa, so, uh, one where the equality and Ubuntu and all those mm. things can actually become reality with people truly collaborating to create a better future mm. for everybody. So all of this is the talk of the fourth industrial revolution, basically, or the four IR. Well, you've, you've, Highlighted something which I, I think is very important. You know, we, I talk to people every day that are concerned about where we are and they think, they think all this technology is, is the coming of the robot apocalypse. And, yes. and in many ways, and, and to be fair, it is people who are a little older and they go, are we losing our humanity? You know, these kids, they're on their <laughs> devices and, and, and they and they seem so antisocial and we sit around the table, everyone's got a phone and, but but you're coming from a from a very different angle in very. terms of, uh, and, and I'd like you to go into that now. How does all of this technology around us improve our humanity? I think that's exactly what it's going to do. And that, yes, as old farts, we can kind of go, well, you know, kids are always on their devices, etc. Mm. And kids will also learn to use their devices more intelligently as they grow older because they'll be looking for more than just entertainment, which mm. is, is what a lot of it is about at the moment. But so did we. Our parents' generation used to con complain about our stupid rock music mm. and, you know, the, the words. And, and being on the, the telephone for and ages. Exactly. Yeah. And how the, the words of the, you know, were so simple that, you know, it, it couldn't have taken very long to. <laughs> write the songs my mother always used to say you know couldn't have taken much genius to write the same repetitive thing so it's the same thing we were looking for entertainment then mm. but now we're looking to make a difference and it's exactly these devices that will allow us all to be able to make a, a difference there's 7.4 billion people on this planet already mm. now if each one of us actually just made a difference to uh, some of those 7.4 billion people uh, then we could all earn a living we could all every every co contribution is important Important, and everything will be geared towards creating better, better, more humane conditions mm. because there's more information around. When you've got that command and control, you make people fearful. You make them think there isn't enough. You make them believe that there's shortages. So I have to take as much as I can get, which makes me then not consider you too much. So if we look at the, the African concept of or the idea or the notion, which you and I as Westerners will never understand the depth of it mm. and or the, the, the idea of Ubuntu, that allows us all to look at our interconnectedness. Mm. Now, when we're all connected, whether we're connected on devices or whether our brains are actually connected, mm. because there's talk from neuroscientists that half of me is actually you. Yes. Because I've been so influenced, all of us, right, in our lives right. by other people mm. that I can't survive. My brain can't survive on its own. But Steph, one of the concerns has been with all the 
how far humans have evolved and or, or how far we've come technologically. There's the there's the argument that we still have the same piece of hardware, the brain that was serving us as we yes. ran around naked on the on the plains hunting animals. Are are we even capable of of dealing with this world. And very much so. That neuroscientists are talking about our physical brain is the most marvelous or most wonder-filled piece of kit that in the known universe. Mm. So yes, it served us very well when we were, you know, trying to survive wild lions and saber-toothed tigers mm. and all of those. But it serves us well today. So this fear of change is totally unfounded. What we don't like is change that's being imposed on us that actually constrains us rather mm. than frees us. All of this change that is coming is freeing us. Now, the interesting thing with the brain is that the brain, it consumes an enormous amount of our resources, energy, the the nutrition. It, it, it consumes just if we did nothing but sit on our bottoms all day, which many people do. Our brain alone consumes 500 calories. It consumes 25% of the oxygen we breathe. So it itself lacks energy conservation yes. because it knows that the, the organism won't survive, particularly if there's food shortages, etc., which there would have been then. Yes. Uh, so our brain lacks habits because habits uh, it prefers habits so we don't have to use it to think about right. how am I going to tie my shoelaces today, yes. for example. But it needs newness. So our brain likes habits, but it needs newness. Interesting. And okay. when we understand that, that all of this that's coming is the best means of feeding our brain exactly what it needs because it is so exciting what's going mm. on, that our brain is so smart that in this world, this is neuroscientists talking about what the brain does in the actual the real world there's no color there's no sound there's no smell our brain conjures up this multi-sensory illusion so that we can find our way mm. now this is all going on in your brain out in the world there's none of that so the brain simply recognizes patterns and it can recognize it's just purely that's what brain cells are is they pattern recognition pattern recognition or pattern recognizing devices yes. and it doesn't care where the patterns come from. So the one thing I'll never forgive my husband for teaching me is that smell is particulate. When you smell something revolting, <laughs> yeah. you don't Do want I to. need to know that? Yeah. <laughs> so now the whole world can be revolted too. But the thing is, is with all the, the, the different patterns of light waves or sound mm. waves, for example, the brain picks those up and makes sense of. Yes. So <laughs> with this remarkable piece of kit, it really doesn't matter. Our brain doesn't care whether we lived then mm. and we think that life was It's dealing with then. the world as it is now. And it's just finding its way. So what should people be thinking, you know, if you're a parent, if you're an employee, if you're a boss, if you're anybody in this world with what we've just discussed – what is the point of what you're saying? What, yes. what do we need to be thinking about? The point is, is what exciting contribution are we going to be making? Mm. And because it's now possible that everybody can make a very big difference in this world. It's not just left for people who have a fancy education or mm. anybody and everybody can make a great contribution. So if we're each of us looking at, okay, how, what can I do to contribute to this? And I'm not talking about altruism. I don't believe in it. Yes. I think that we all can assist one another in very big ways. 
ways mm. and, and in very humane ways. And technology has now made that possible. And because we can pick up information easily, the control that we have seen is dying and, and we will live in far more leaderless societies. Mm. And everybody thinks that's absolutely horrifying because it's not what we know. And it's not about, I'm, I'm not saying this is something that we need to engineer or work towards. It's what's going to happen, yes. like it or not. So how am I going to, what, what contribution am I going to make to this world? Mm. I think is one of the most important things we can teach our children and more than anything to teach them to be creative problem solvers because that's what we're going to need. All right. So. My guest today has been Steph Mueller. Now, you, I know you write on this topic. You, you have lots to say on the topic. So if people want to connect up and, uh, with your ideas, your thoughts, what's the best way to do it? Um, my website is eqsa.co.za. So that's www.eqsa. EQSA. Go and connect up with Steph. Uh, some fascinating ideas, fascinating thoughts, and a very pleasantly positive view of, of where digital is going to take us. Steph, thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Awesome. And you've been listening to Digital Influence with Ryan Hogarth. Thanks for listening.